Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Honestly, I don't think that we're ever gonna see another GameStop short squeeze like that again. But there are absolutely a community of people online, not just in, in Reddit, uh, Wall Street Bets, but in other places that see opportunities and, and they're putting their money towards these opportunities. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Oil prices have risen more than 20% this year. As last week's storms in the south forced some production offline, causing prices to rise. The latest gains add to estimates that the oil industry could be seeing a significant rebound sooner than expected after a year of record losses amid the coronavirus pandemic. This as the S&P 500 takes a hit for the fifth day in a row and investors warn inflation could be right around the corner. So joining me now to discuss are Boom Bust co-host Christy I and Chris Ewell, founder and head trader at 10 Minute Stock Trader. All right, Christy, let's start with you. Goldman Sachs sees Brent oil at $75 as supply response trails demand. Now, forecasts for consumption are rising as analysts raise expectations that demand will get back to pre-virus levels by late July, while supply still remains highly inelastic. So what do you think? What is driving the commodities prices lately? So right now, recovering demand is certainly a very big part of this. We definitely see a pickup in air travel and daily work commuting, but that's not the full picture of what's driving demand. Because right now you have all of the investors who want to own commodities and are willing to overlook some of the weaker fundamental inputs to focus on the bigger picture. And you have money continuing to pour into broad-based commodity ETFs for the last couple of weeks, bringing the year-to-date total now above $2 billion. So what this means is that the funds and the individuals are increasing their commodity allocations, despite the fact that the fundamental picture for oil is still not that great with the weakening gasoline crack spreads this month. So this renewed interest in commodities is really stemming from the inflation fears and the commodity buying spree is a way to hedge inflation. So you have a historic amount of capital filtering through the global financial markets due to all of the stimulus programs. And ironically, these inflation fears have been kind of self-fulfilling because investors are buying commodities to hedge these inflation fears, which in turn just drives up commodity prices higher, thereby creating these inflationary pressures. So on top of all that, the oil markets have also caught the attention of the carry traders, given the strong backwardation that has developed along the crude oil forward curves this year. 
So looking forward, we would expect to see more inflows and more demand for broad-based commodities and large asset allocators. They've been underweight commodities for some time now, given the lackluster performance of the past decade. So now we're starting to see this trend reversing, and we're likely in the early stages of the industry shifting into an overweight commodities position. Okay, and I know everyone is wanting to get to back to where we were before last year. Now, Chris, the S&P 500 is falling for a fifth straight day as yields rise. Do you see the recent increase in yields as a threat to the bull market? No, not at all. And thanks for having me. In fact, looking at the chart of yields, I mean, they've been rising since August. And we've had plenty of growth in the S&P 500 since then. I think this is just a very, very short setback. Um, I'm overall bullish, uh, very bullish, in fact. Uh, looking at the market, I'm seeing a lot of strength, like we were just talking about in oil. Oil stocks are looking really strong, as well as the financials. Um, with that being said, that's where my money is at right now at 10minutestocktrader.com. And I, for the most part, don't see anything slowing down this bull market. I mean, we can have temporary setbacks here and there, but a five-day pullback actually may be a great buying opportunity if we do get the bounce going forward. Okay, well, that's a good point. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Christy, inflation is becoming an escalating concern among institutional investors. So what are the early signs of inflation that we're seeing in the market right now? Well, right now you have the IMF forecasting that the average annual inflation rate in advanced economies will double to 1.6% in 2021 from 0.8% last year. And again, as we just spoke about, the recent developing developments in the commodities markets also just suggest inflationary pressures are intensifying. You have Brent surging to more than $60 a barrel from about $20 a barrel in April. You have copper, the world's most important industrial metal, now reaching an eight-year high above $8,400 a ton, up more than 70 percent from its low last March. And on top of that, as we just said, central banks, they've injected about $6.6 trillion in liquidity into the market since March. And analysts are expecting central banks to provide at least another $5.8 trillion in additional liquidity as policymakers fulfill pledges that they've already made. So basically, governments will allow their economies to run hot to aid recovery from the pandemic. So in the U.S., you have headline annual consumer price inflation running at just 1.4 percent in January. But recent increases in energy and food prices have also driven up inflation expectations among consumers. So you can definitely see that this is going to start weighing in on the equities market as institutional investors look for inflationary hedges. And while commodities have been the traditional asset of choice, you now also have cryptocurrencies rising, as you just heard from Ben, with Bitcoin breaching 50,000, as this has become an alternative safety asset in the face of global inflation headwinds. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I know a lot of people are talking about cryptocurrencies now, and there's been a lot of attention there. Now, Chris, UK trading platforms are pushing to open IPOs to retail investors. And here in the U.S., you have the House hearing on the fairness of the stock market and whether mom and pop investors have equal access and generating returns. Do you think the playing field is level? And do you think that the battle between the retailers and Wall Street will continue? Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I've been talking with uh, a couple brokerages. One of them in particular is uh, Tastyworks. I'm, I'm very close with the, uh, the people that work over there. And I know that they uh, recently were purchased by a UK brokerage firm and are working on having those IPOs available. And I think that's great. That's going to allow retail traders to get in ahead of time 
on the IPO pricing, which is fantastic. Uh, beyond that, is there really competition between Wall Street and Main Street? Absolutely, I think so. And I think the GameStop revolution last month kind of just broke that wide open. Do we have the same tools as retail investors to go against Wall Street? I don't think so. I mean, you've got the smartest people in the world that are out there chasing fractions of cents of gains with their high frequency trading and every other tool that they have available. What we can do is be strategic. And the only issue with being strategic is allowing the platforms to work with you, to work for you. And I think that that's where Robinhood failed miserably absolutely miserably shot themselves in the foot. If you are a retail investor and you're trusting this institution to let you make the trades that you want to make, to put your money at risk, to find those gains where they are available and they won't let you do it, we got a major problem. So I think that this is going to end up having significantly more regulation against the brokerage firms, allowing for more opportunities for the main street investors to get in and honestly, to be able to trade the stocks that they want to trade, which is what we're all trying to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, Chris, do you think that there's going to be another GameStop or another sort of stock that we see rise up as individual investors get together and as they try to plot against some of those brokerage firms? Is that something that you could see happening? I love the idea of the plot. I love the idea of, of people banding together in order to make a trade happen. Um, Honestly, I don't think that we're ever going to see another GameStop short squeeze like that again. But there are absolutely a community of people online, not just in, in Reddit, uh, Wall Street Bets, but in other places that see opportunities and, and they're putting their money towards these opportunities. The, the thing with GameStop is it was, it was the, uh, the most shorted stock in, in the world, basically, at 148% short shares. The idea that regulators or anyone else will ever let that happen again it's it's next to next to zero especially considering the fact that it's been uh it's been found right the 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 masses understand that this is a game that these uh wall street brokerage houses will play against them and they're wising up to that so while i don't think that we'll ever have the the uh magnitude of movement that we had in gamestop i mean there's always going to be an opportunity out there in the market and i'm frankly grateful that the idea of the GameStop revolution, the Reddit revolution, has really led to potentially more opportunities for all of us traders out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, Christy, before we leave, I want to get into Bitcoin a little bit. We've seen the price go back down today a little, about 10%. And we've heard from a strategist with JP Morgan who is claiming the cryptocurrency is facing a liquidity crisis where small changes in flow have a big impact on the price. What is your take on those comments? Well, I think this is kind of being blown way out of proportions to say that Bitcoin took a hit because you don't expect things to just go on rallying forever without any sort of pullback or consolidation or anything. So Bitcoin here barely dropped. It hit a high at 57 change, flashed down ever so briefly down to 49 and bounced right back up to consolidate. So for Bitcoin and for what we know of Bitcoin and its 30 percent, 50 percent corrections, that is barely a blip. 
And as for liquidity crisis, I really don't see that happening. And right now, from what JP Morgan is saying, they're saying that there is a demand imbalance where there is far more demand than supply, which is driving up the price. The argument being pointed out is that the large amount of Bitcoin is being hoarded and taken off of exchanges, thus creating this liquidity crisis. But it really isn't a crisis because the reality is that Bitcoin is actually, as Ben said, it's kind of antiquated. The hype right now and what's really driving the entire growth of the blockchain space, the innovation that's being developed is DeFi and DAOFi. And there is absolutely no liquidity crisis there. But that is yeah. where innovation growth really is. And once again, institutions like JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Grayscale, all of the big banks, they're once again late to the party. Excellent analysis, as always. Chris D.I., Chris Ewell, thank you both for your time. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimMinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.